Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Just jump in real quick. Uh, super excited about this season. Uh, been away for a while. I'd love to tell you why. A lot of good moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces going on. Uh, new sponsors. Got a lot of changes coming up. Um, and I'll address them in the next couple uh, episodes. Got a couple good episodes. I don't think I've hit my groove on my interview until the fourth episode. So the fourth one is when I really think I got to a good place. I definitely stumbled um, along with some of these first couple interviews. But, you know, please bear with it. Again, we're we're trying to tell a story. Um, hopefully, you can find some way to connect with them, um, and uh, and I just think it's so important. I did have somebody reach out to me about uh, payroll services. We use Gusto, and I have. A, if you're interested in payroll, we switch to Gusto. We love it. Um, I can get you a hundred dollar uh, Visa gift card if you're interested. Just private message me on uh, Facebook, and I'll uh, give you my link, and you'll get a hundred dollar uh, gift card. We use it. Uh, we now use their 401k, and we're getting ready to move our health insurance to them. And the coolest thing. It integrates with QuickBooks, so no more journal entries. Um, and I'm an accountant, and I hate making journal entries. And so um, it was a good thing to get rid of. So a bunch of great episodes. Um, and, again, I think there's so much to be learned. I'm very excited about this season. Um, I've been really working hard on uh, Merchant Fulfilled on multiple channels from our warehouse. We have a lot of space. We've got, we put all new shelving in, box labels, barcoding. We're using software that barcodes. And uh, I'm very excited about that. So I'll be talking about that over the next few months. Um, some great interviews. And uh, I'll be having some ways for you in case you think there's somebody I should interview where you'll be able to reach out to me um, have a new uh, system in place. So more to come in the future. But let's get into it. Do some, start doing some podcasts again. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 439, Matthew DeGlopper. Um, super great interview. Um, you know, it's funny. I always do these pre-interview questions, and they send them back to me. And it was he, he. He said, "I wrote you a book, Steve," and he did. He wrote like six pages of stuff, and we only get to two or three key things. But these two or three key things, I think, are just phenomenal. I think you know he's a great example of what. When, when you recognize your potential, when somebody helps you recognize your potential, what you can do with it. And um, he does a great job explaining it. He's super honest and, you know, admits, you know, not everything was perfect and still not, but he's working on it. And I think that's what you got to take away from it. Um, and his his uh, comments about, you know, my sponsors, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll see the connection there and what it's done for him, I just think is, is just proof that that you need others and if you're uh, willing to own up to it and and accept it you can really do great things so let's get into the podcast and welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast it has been a while I actually I looked as I'm recording this it's in January and it's been almost a year almost a year uh, to the day it's like a week off or something like that that I've been working on somebody else's business in addition to ours and uh, I'll eventually get into that story but it's uh, something had to give and, and unfortunately the podcast had to step aside um, while we grew uh, we have 10 employees now um, and while I, I, I work on another company for someone else so I'll, I'll explain all that at some point but I'm super happy to get back which I think um, 
is exactly where we all need to be in this 2022 year. Um, somebody who's figured out that he didn't know it all, took some advice, and then exploded the advice and ran with it because it was like maybe the scales coming off his eyes. I think that's a pretty good descriptor that he uses. And I just think it's so fair. Matthew DeGlopper. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you've got a great story, um, and my my intro is fair. Would you say? Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I just the the ability to, I guess it's a maturity that you could admit that you don't know it all, and when you open your mind to that, and then you run with it, and you're like, oh wow, and then magically more success and more success and more success seems to come your way right not lucky that, it's success it, yes yeah it's not uh, there's i mean there's always a little bit of luck but i i think that a lot of it is just effort and then trusting that uh what someone is telling you to try to do even though it goes against your nature is you know good advice and and, and going with it anyway hey, gary ray says this all the time you know uh follow the system right? Follow the system. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's working. Uh, at least in my world, it doesn't. And then if I follow the system, magically, it, we get back on. It's like, um, you know, it's like pointer, like you're pointing, you keep dialing it in. Maybe that's the best way to say it. You just dial it in. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's get started. Um, so uh, what I want to do is I want to start back um, how you really came about this business. You had a different career, correct? This wasn't, you know, you weren't born into this. No, nope. I was, uh, you know, working the grind just like any other schlub. And, uh, you know, um, the economy was, this is back in like 2014 and 15. The economy was recovering, but not great. And, um, you know, uh, so I needed to find another way to bring in additional income uh, for my family. So this was just a way to level up, right? So you were, you're making X amount of dollars in your job and you're like, okay, I want to make a little bit more, a little bit more. I want to do additional things. Did you have, yeah. was there a why to that additional money? Was it like tied to something? Need. I mean, I, uh, okay. I was just, my job basically covered just my bills. Okay. Right. But if I wanted to order a pizza on a Friday night, you know, I had to get out a calculator and do some math to, to make sure I could even afford to order pizza. You know what I mean? It, you know, you're, you're just getting by, you, you know, there's not a whole lot extra. Uh, and you know, it, it that can put a lot of stress on you. Yeah. You know? Were you married you at the time behind? Yep. Married yeah. two kids. So yep. what does a Dave Ramsey say? Uh, finance is the number one reason for divorce, right? That adds pressure because you don't feel like you're performing as well, right? And she's probably saying, oh, my God, he's killing himself. Yet, you know, you don't get on the same page. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it can it can add a lot. And so it's just like, you know, searching for some outlet. What what can I do to, to level up myself, even if it's just fractionally, enough that I can know my bills are going to be paid and then I don't have to – constantly check my bank to make sure I'm not going negative or, you know, bouncing something. I want to jump ahead like real quick because I just want to make sure in your business now, do you have that same like cushion, that safety net? Have you been able to get to that place where you have a little bit of a safety net? 
Um, it's almost a mindset, right? It it really is. It it is it is, and and I would say no. Okay, like, all right. Uh, it's it's been a struggle for me the same way it cash flow is a struggle for oh, everyone. Yeah, and we'll talk about that because I'll tell you my ten million dollar friends who sell um, have the same cash flow problems we have, and uh, you and I sell about the same amount. So it's 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 interesting uh, to think about that. Um, so I just wanted to jump ahead to see if you had addressed that. But so that means you don't have it all figured out even today. Okay, <laughs> me neither. No, no <laughs> yeah, hundred no. percent. I don't think and, I ever will. Well. Just, because what's going to happen is something's going to change outside of your control. But that's the beauty of this, right? Is that you can, as you phrase in some of your notes here, are pivot. I love to pivot because you have no choice, right? All right. Yeah. So, so you you decided you want to, you know, fill in some more uh, wants, I guess, at that point, and you started selling. Was it on eBay first or Amazon first? Um, it was actually on on Amazon first. Interesting. Uh, I I I found a, a YouTube video you know, like a million that exist talking about selling on Amazon. And I, I had sold like an old iPhone on eBay before, you know what I mean? Like the random occasional thing, but, but never anything regularly. And, uh, so I joined a group, paid some money and I decided I was going to start selling on Amazon. Okay. Was there a category you started in that you were attracted to, or did you just follow what they recommended or just by luck? Um, I started in like health and household type stuff, beauty type stuff. I mean, really, and I've always been scattershot. Like I've been across the board. I try to get approved in as many categories as possible. And back then, um, it it was the wild west. Like Amazon had had kind of started gating stuff, but was still letting things through if you just jumped through the right hoops or filled out the right flat file. And so I made it a mission. Like I saw in my head a vision that down the road this would be harder so the first one of the first things i actually did long before i was even selling ten thousand a month was i jumped through all the hoops to get flat files together and to get receipts together to get ungated in everything i could possibly get ungated in hmm. that's um, still a pro move when. right there right i mean even today um I mean, we're, we're in that boat. We ungate in everything we possibly can, be, even if we're not planning to sell it because you never know, right? Yep. So never know. That's a pro move. Flat files are easy, but they're not easy, right? Yeah. Yep. It, like um, to get ungated in shoes and clothing back then, you had to submit a flat because, because the only way to list in shoes and clothing was a flat file mm -hmm. way back in the day. Um, so you had to submit a flat file because Amazon wanted you to prove to them that you knew how to do it in order for them to ungate you in the category. So that was like one of the very first things I did was I, you know, I got a flat file together, watched a quadrillion YouTube videos and, and then submitted it to get ungated in shoes and clothing, even though I don't think I sold a piece of shoes or clothing <laughs> until, you know, probably a year later. But I just wanted to get ungated in the category before it became too hard to do that. And I'll bet you that's where most people came up to that that barrier because that is a barrier and it was harder way back then for sure um and turned around and said "Eh, i'm not interested lost interest and it's it and i'm sure that's why they did it but it's really interesting that you pushed past that and hence the reason um you've had success right because you know I don't know about you, but we run into a barrier a week <laughs> with our business. Oh yeah, every week, <laughs> you know. And your ability to push past it is is really one of the skills <sighs> that I think is really necessary. My 
my per so I I've been a manager at jobs and I remember that I had this this owner. I was the general manager for a job and I had this owner who was just petrified of firing this salesman. And they're like, we don't, she's like, we don't know where they go. We don't know how they do it. We, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, listen, I'm smart. I'm, I'm not stupid. I will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of become my motto for everything. Like it, there's, there's nothing that you're going to do that's so dire that if you fail at it or it takes you a couple of chances, it's going to affect everything. So to me, there's nothing I, I'm not afraid to do anything because at the end of the day, I figure I'm smart enough and I, and I'm willing to research enough that I'll figure it out. And, and that's kind of like, that's kind of been my motto and, and it's allowed me to take probably more risks than other people are willing to take or go down more paths that other people weren't willing to take just because I knew that I was not going to give up and no matter what I would figure it out and I would make it work or, you know, I would at least call it a day before I got too far down the path that, you know, it ruined me. But, but so far that hasn't happened. Luckily I've, I've always managed to figure it out and pivot just enough and tweak just enough to, that, to make it work and, and, and then go new places that people are, were scared to go. You know, it's not an ego statement that you just made. It's like, look, I'm smart, right? You know, I think anybody who's in this world, you have to be, you have to have some relative smarts, right? So that means that you see these $10 million sellers and you say to yourself, are they that much better than us? And they would all tell you, no, they just persevered, right? Kind of what you're describing. And so your ability to recognize that, you know what, uh, uh, Andy Slamets is smarter than I am. No question on on what he does with private life blows my mind out. However, um, I can figure it out and what's awesome is I can ask Andy for some help to get through that last bit. I might be able to get 80% on my own. I can get the rest from others. That ability to, to say that and talk yourself through that, I think, is, is, again, another reason that you've been able to push past average selling and, and have the success you're having. Is that fair? Yeah. No, I, I think it's it's immensely fair. And, and, and I want to move there because I know we talked a little in the pre-interview. I, I do want to talk about you know, where you get the strength to go and ask for help. Um, because I think another place that's people get stuck. So we already identified the one place people get stuck, right? They hit that first barrier. Like in your case, it was flat files. Boom. Most people would stop there, turn around and say, this isn't for me too hard, right? Oh, it's too hard to sell. Okay. So you push past that. How do you get to the place to acknowledge that you can't do it on your own, Matthew? And push past that because I think that's another I think that's probably the next place that people get stuck well I I think that's a that's a tough spot because the natural inclination in this business now this is no longer my inclination okay but, but I mean but you were there you're being honest I was there and, and um, there's many groups that are still like this and when I first started out that's how Amazon was nobody talked about anything everything was roundabout generalized um you know you had to pay to learn something or you had to do a lot of research on youtube or something like that to learn something everyone was secretive like they were holding on to like 
the nuclear codes, right? <laughs> and finding out box. how to do There's stuff. There's a suitcase they're carrying around with the box. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now there's a few people who weren't. You know what I mean? Like, um, okay, so when I first started, I'll tell you what. I was in the very first, the very first group I joined, the one I paid to join. Andy Slammons was in there, and this is when he was. Uh, his his wife was working for the Hershey School, right? And they had the students, and and they were doing RA. This is before he even did PL. He was just getting started, and he would post videos in there of him recording stuff he'd done. And um, Gary Ray started in that group. Uh, Craig Sutter all started in that group. Like it, I just happened to find the right group at the right time, where where um, Gay Lisby started in that group. Yeah, I remember. Um, there's a there's a whole lot of people that got that cut their teeth in that group and so it's it it was you know granted people weren't running around there like they are in certain groups now telling you more about how to do things it was you still had to you still had to trial and error you still had to fall on your face a lot but there was a whole lot you know things were starting to open up a little bit and people were starting to share a little bit more and you're able to learn a little bit more stuff but everyone was still you know, so secretive. So, so, you know, I'm, I was always up until not too long ago, super closed off. I didn't want to tell anyone anything. I didn't, you know, what were you afraid of? That's how I grew up or that's how I was introduced to the business. I mean, think about that. What were you afraid of? Why wouldn't you tell them? You know, I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like contagion, right? So Mm. like, because you're, because you're guarded, right and you're a big time seller because back then million dollar sellers seemed like rare air yeah 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 and it seemed like they knew everything they knew everything they were doing here i am i'm buying stuff from ollie's and i i can barely sell it it seems like i'm going into a store falling on my face every time i try it is very hard being new and i never forget that and i always respect just what a challenge it is when you feel like the whole world knows everything a lot of these guys have it figured out and you know they've got a printing press in their back room and money's just <laughs> flowing right out of it because they've got the whole world figured out and and you're going into a store not sure what to buy, how to buy it or anything like that and and it's just it's overwhelming and then you see these people and they're not telling you anything and they're not talking about it and they're being very vague and and you can't get any answers and so it's like okay, well that's what that's how I'm supposed to be because because if they're doing this, obviously, in my mind, I'm thinking, if I do this, somebody's going to take from me. You know, I'm going to have that's less. It right there. Where You're going to have less. I'm going to have less. And then it takes you a while to realize that, that especially when you're talking about Amazon, Amazon is so big. It is so big. And especially in arbitrage, the opportunities are so endless. And in some items, the velocity is so insane that nobody could ever take from you because because as an arbitrage buyer you for the big things you simply could never source enough Mm. right you could never really source enough now granted there can be some skew that barely moves and you can you know we've all done it where you have four years supply sitting on hand but for the most part it, it you know as a whole goes you know, it isn't like you you have to lead people right to your, uh, you know, watering hole, but you can tell them how to make their own path in enough 
um, with enough direction that they can successfully do it, and it's not going to hurt your bottom line one bit. I would argue that when I help you, and I've said this a million times, you have helped me way more than I've ever helped you in my experience. And I, I can say that about every interview I've ever done or every person I've met in this world. They have helped me way more than I've ever helped them. Is that still fair? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I think iron sharpens iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a believer in that. Love that. And uh, I think that when you're, when you're in a group or uh, when you're collaborating with people, um, you know, I, granted, I didn't believe this till recently, but, uh, you know, I've seen firsthand where you can become better and it's not, and it doesn't, they don't have to be, they don't have to be a million dollar seller for this to happen. You know, they don't have to be a million dollar seller for this to happen. It, it can happen with people who are significantly smaller than you, significantly newer than you. Well, I would, what, I mean, maybe, I don't know if you've run into this, but some of the newest sellers, because they're willing to ask why, and they can see all my bad habits, and I'm like, you know, I don't think, or they're like, well, you don't have to do that. Oh, I'm like, I would do this step, and this step, and this step. They're like, Steve, you don't need to do that. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it changed, or I didn't need to do that anymore, especially through Amazon, as like you said, with flat files, it gets easier. That's happened to me so many times when a new seller's like, uh, duh, why are you doing that? And then it's like, oh, my God, could you imagine? I tell my team all the time, I'm like, could you imagine if we stopped doing that a year ago where we'd be? You know, that's happened yeah. to me a lot. And so I think I think everybody adds value. The other thing I would say, too, is that somebody new coming into this world comes from their world. And so they like I have a guy on my team who knows Pokemon. He goes to these events and he does Yu-Gi-Oh, too. Like they have these places they go. These guys know all this crap that I have no clue over. And yet. I can then apply it to our business. So these new sellers that come in can offer you a whole world of stuff that you have no clue over. Correct. Hmm. All right. So you go from a part-time seller trying to add some value to your life, trying to, you know, increase the utility in your life to a full-time seller. Was that by choice? Force. By force. COVID. Do you COVID think hit. COVID hit? But now think back to that, right? That moment. Do you think had you done it a year earlier, you'd be in the position you are now, or was that being forced into it at that moment forced you to level up? Um. Yeah. Listen. Um. Two two things have made the biggest change in my whole business, and that is. The conversation I had with Alan Walker, who told me to network Alan and talk Walker. to people. And then the other thing is COVID. So I, I was working, doing it part-time. Um, you know, I was a division manager, and I basically had to lay off my whole staff. Hmm. And so I sat in an empty office with me and my buddy who, who I worked with. And um, we were both selling on ebay and amazon uh, together you know as partners and mm -hmm. um covid blew stuff up so bad that we're literally sitting in an empty building that's that where normally office staff would be it's filled with canned goods and household goods that are in high demand because of covid 
and we're getting grocery deliveries coming in uh and we're shipping 400 units a day and i actually have to because i'm working at a part because i'm working at a full-time job i'm actually having to hire somebody <laughs> to come to my workplace to pack boxes and i'm shipping 400 boxes a day of household goods during covid and then my my the owners of our company who are out of tennessee said hey we're we're getting rid of we're gonna just lay everybody off and we're gonna use ppp to restructure down here and we're gonna get rid of our office up in michigan He's like, you got a you got a month to figure everything out, and he's like, oh, by the way, do you want all the stuff in your office, all the computer equipment and stuff like that? He's like, oh, you can have. Well, that's and decent. I'm like, okay. So I literally, in one in like literally a month, I went from employed to knowing that my job was going to end, but at the same time, ecom was so explosive that I couldn't keep up, and so it kind of presented me an opportunity that I would have never taken on my own to go full-time. And I was, that I was safety, but yeah, that safety issue, right? That's why you wouldn't have done it. Yes. Because, mm -hmm. it, because, because why would I walk away from a guaranteed thing? I know right. I'm going to pay my bills with to, you know what I mean? I was just too careful. And, and so immediately it's like, okay, well this, this is blowing up so big. There's a lot of potential there. I have a lot of money saved up you know, I'm losing my job. So you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do it. So we went and found a warehouse space at 3000 square feet. You know, I signed my lease and got my keys one day before I was supposed to be out of the out of the old office. And we moved <laughs> the entire operation in a single day. Uh, plus all the equipment I bought from them. And we were basically able to get completely set up at the new space one day later and I was instantly full-time and I called four of the people I'd laid off and I said hey I want you to come back to work but for me doing something completely new that you've never done before Ooh, you just gave me the chills now think about and that. I and I I hired back the my staff and uh, put them to work and of course and because COVID was so crazy I, I'd probably overstaffed Honestly, I did overstaff, but the thing is, is it's like things are so nuts and the growth is so crazy. I think I have to get ready for it. And of course, nobody knows how to do Amazon. So four people was basically doing the job of one because they were all learning at the same time. But, you know, obviously over the course of the next few months, things started to settle down. People started hiring again. Some people left and it all, it all averaged out. But I wouldn't be where I am now and I wouldn't hit the numbers I hit in 2020 and I wouldn't uh, if, if it hadn't been for COVID. COVID pushed everything to happen and, and opened up doors and made me go places, especially like hiring. You know, I see so many people struggling now. And to me, when they tell me their story, the clear answer is you need to hire someone. Right. That's, that is the hundred percent bottom line answer. Like you're trying to do too much. There's only so many hours in the day. And if you hired somebody, it would, it would open up a world of possibility for you. And they're afraid to do it. But I had no choice. I, I mean, I couldn't do it because COVID had blown everything up so bad. I needed, I needed to sell the volume I needed to sell to replace my job, right? And in order to sell that volume, I needed help. And so, you know, I had no choice. And of course, coming from a, a management perspective, 
you know, it's, it's pretty obvious when you're drowning and you need more bodies in there. Hmm. I, I'm going to pause for a second and just take that in because that event that pushed you there, but you were prepared for it. I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, you weren't prepared to move in a day. You weren't prepared to get everything ramped up and all that kind of jazz, but you had built the skill set over time. And so my counsel to people all the time is start part time and do whatever it is, and you know, use your own money and don't borrow money against it. And that, which we'll get into cash flow in a second. But, but your ability for those, how long were you before that kicked in? Two years, part time, selling. Um. Well, no, I'd been I'd been selling since 2014 and 15. So okay, so you know, this was five years. Okay, five years being part time. And, yeah. and, and the last, before you went full-time before COVID hit, were you, I'm looking at my notes, were you, um, just going through the motions? Like you had it dialed in at that point, you knew what, you know, things were relatively yeah. easy. Um, I, I actually had a big pivot. Um, I didn't really tell you about, but, um, so I, in 2019, um, we, I, I had hit Amazon hard for the first time in years because i kind of i kind of was just selling a little bit selling a little bit selling a little bit you know um that and it ebbed and flowed right sometimes i'd make a lot of money and then i would burn it on life you know what i mean um but but so anyways 2019 when I, is when i first decided that you know hey i'm gonna really do i'm gonna really treat it like a full business not as some sort of like slush fund for myself and you were still right? working full-time yeah 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 okay uh, and um because up till that point um i made less money so i um i needed a lot of the money that i was making to live okay. on okay and so... then and then you know you'd want something extra and the money would be there and you'd kind of eat your amazon seed and have to start over right? so wait so it's... wait so you had a job and your income flattened or whatever it was you were going so far in the past it was just a little bit extra you needed then lifestyle improved or whatever it was and now all of a sudden your amazon became more meaningful and you're like ooh i can do a little more effort yeah. there yeah. versus I your made job more money. yes i made more money at my regular job so i didn't need the amazon money necessarily to supplement my income right so so then so then i was able to start thinking of it as a business like i want to build this up to hmm. be something okay so that way I can maybe at one point replace my job, but I, but when I'm thinking about this in 2019, I'm thinking I might replace my job in like 2026 or 2027, mm -hmm. like four or five ten year plan. years down the line. Okay, not, way out there. Okay, not yeah, 18 months later. Hmm. And so in 2019, I I, I did about six hundred thousand dollars in 2019, and of it, five hundred thousand was one brand, which sued me. And I spent $25,000 um, dragging that lawsuit out. I finally settled it, and I had to stop selling that brand. And it required me to pivot my entire operation to an OA um, model. Uh, and, uh, and that led me into 2020. And then, you know, I was doing OA. Uh, I was ordering groceries and having it delivered by shop by shipped and instacart and stuff like that i was i was in the grocery category i was in the household category cuz you know i i'd been in a little bit in every category all along but those were the easiest ones to get started where you're i'm not going to the store you know and and so um and then 
it, it would put me in the perfect position that I was on the front line. So when COVID hit and people started shutting down and getting scared to go to the grocery store, I'm sitting in the category that's blowing up. Yeah. You're ready. And I'm, I'm yeah. Now I didn't do masks. I didn't do sanitizer. I didn't do anything like that. I did household goods and, and grocery items, but those blew up just as much as everything else did. Um, can we, can we, just touch on the the lawsuit. The only thing I want to get out of it is how you push past it. How do you not go in the corner and suck your thumb and say you failed? And how do you get past that? So whatever it was, doesn't I don't want to even know the details. I'll be honest with you. I really don't. You got you got through it. Somehow you gave, you settled or whatever, and you decide not to sell it again, or you agreed not to sell it again. But how do you not fold your cards? Right? Is that the what the phrase is? Fold yeah. your cards and go home. How do you push past that moment because everybody's going to hit that i am a very logical person i'm extremely pragmatic which 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 is a good thing in situations like that but it's a bad thing when it comes to like dreaming because i'm the first one to shoot my own dream you know what i mean because i think oh that's not practical blah 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 blah. and and so um in my head it was a business decision, right? So like, um, I'm selling this product to the tune of $60,000 a month. It's highly profitable. You know, I called an attorney. He told me this is going to cost you, you know, $250,000 to win. And I said, how much to drag it out? He told me I could probably get you six months for 20 grand. No, I just did math. Okay, makes sense. Let's so you it. sold through your inventory and agreed not to. Go well, I continued. Yourself. Yeah, I continued to buy it. I, I I sold it all the way up until I was done. And when I was done, the company um, bought everything I had left back okay. from me, and um, and I agreed never to sign it again or sell it again. And, and it's like so so, it's it's one of those things. Like at the end of the day. And, and and I'd been involved, like, because of, I guess because of my background, I'd kind of been involved in, um, like, commercial or business civil suits before. Right, right. And and so I know that nobody wants to, nobody wants to take anything to trial. Right, the only one who wins are the attorneys, the attorneys, the attorneys yep. win, yep. They're the only ones who win. And so that's why, so that's why even to this day, like I'm not scared of a Voorhees letter. I, I mean, I've been sued. I spent $20,000 fighting it. Like to me, it's always a math problem. If, if Voorhees or whoever tells me, Hey, we're going to come after you if you sell this, it's simple math. Like if, if it's going to, you know, if it's, if I'm not making enough to pay a lawyer a couple thousand dollars to make the problem go away when the time comes, I stop selling it. If it's profitable, I'm not worried about it. Like so, I'm not. I, to me, that's not. I'm not risk adverse. Now, Some people are highly risk oh, adverse, and I am highly risk adverse. Just so you know that. But you're not. A, you have no emotional attachment. I think that's the skill set that I wish I had. Sometimes I'm way too emotionally tied to everything that I have, and that your ability to distance yourself from that and just say, "Here's the math. Here's this. Right, okay, good. I'm still going. Um, I'm not sure I'm that guy. I wish I was sometimes." Oh, believe me, when it comes to customer messages, I'm the most emotional person ever. Okay, but, so there's no, where your yeah, emotion is. you're right. Is. There's, I do, I do have the ability sometimes to 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 think about a solution very logically, 
you know, and, and, and that's, so that's how I dealt with it. And that's what led me to where I am now. That's awesome. All right, let's do this. I want to take a break and then I want to come back and talk about probably the hardest thing in this business that everyone runs into. I don't care what level you're selling. It is cash flow. All right. That is hard. And, and you, you've got some, you've got issues there and you push past some, but you still run into them. And guess what? I do too. Every single person I know does. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Super good interview. Um, pause for a second here. Um, a lot of information coming out. Matthew really shares a lot with you. You know, it, and, and he's going to talk about some good habits and some bad habits. Um, one of the good habits that we switch to, and this is something for you to consider, yeah, it's a little bit of a commercial break, is payroll. Um, we've been using our local accountant. He still does our personal taxes, and he does our corporate taxes. They were doing our payroll, and it... You know, we were writing checks. I think we're 11 employees now, so we were writing checks every, uh, we were paying monthly. We wanted to switch to biweekly. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to write, you know, 22 checks. You know, like, oh. So we switched to Gusto, um, got a link through somebody else, and we got a gift card. And they got a gift card. And so that's the deal I'm offering you. If you're interested in switching to Gusto, reach out to me. Just private message me on Facebook, and I'll give you my code. Um, you'll get a $100 gift card. If he's a gift card, and I get a gift card. But I can also talk to you about what we use it for. We use it now to do all our um, biweekly payroll. And what's super cool is everybody went to direct deposit. Now, in Pennsylvania, you can't force it, but they all did because they see the convenience of it because they get paid a day faster. Um, their pay uh, stubs are all online, so they have access to it all. I don't have to manage any. I don't print any of that junk. Um, they We use it for our hour tracking. We used to use Clockify. Uh, thanks, Jen. But we used to use Clockify, and we use um, Gusto now. So that eliminated that, right? Consolidated. So I get to, my daughter-in-law tells me, hey, everybody's done. I review it. I hit submit. Um, syncs the hours to payroll. I hit process. Boom. It tells me exactly how much money's coming out of our account. We convert the money over in our account. Boom. They're ready to go. We added recently, we added, um, so we, we use it to manage our vacation days. We use it to manage our holidays, our paid holidays. And then we also use it now for the 401k. We created a, or added a 401k and we love it. And all the employees love it. And so they see exactly what it is. And now we're getting ready to move our health insurance over to them because our health insurance company dropped us. They said they're not offering small business plans in our market anymore. Very kind. And so we're moving over to them. And so, again, all those things all happened electronically. I push a button. All my reports are done. All our tax returns are done. It's included in the price. And then um, what's super helpful is it just syncs with our QuickBooks, which is the best part for me because I get to, you know, we do our financials monthly. I get to see, you know, how we're doing versus our budget monthly. And that's all automated through Gusto. It's a, it was a little more expensive than our current accountant was, but we were processing monthly. Now we had to process bi-weekly. So it was going to be a wash, but oh my goodness, all those efficiencies that you gain. Um, so whether you have one employee yourself, and if you're using payroll, this is a great option for you. Or uh, in our case, we have 11, um, and it's super, super simple. There's a ton of HR stuff, which we're just starting to get into. I'm probably going to move my workman's comp over there because uh, we're a warehouse. We get high rates, and so if we can manage that and then maybe do a better job of classifying our employees, which is super smart if you haven't figured that out. Anyway, um, super strong. I, I, you know, I do get a gift card if you get one, if you do join through my link, but you do too. And again, I'll, I'll give you what our experience is. So you'll get the gift card plus, hey, here's how we do it. 
Okay, I won't coach you other than to say, here's how we do it, and I absolutely will help you. So reach out to me through a private message if you're interested in Gusto. I think it's been a great tool for us, and I'm thankful for uh, the person who brought it to me. Um, so I'm going to pay it forward. Take care. And we're back, and uh, I'm back with Matthew DeGlopper. When we left off, um, you just gave us more value on on taking the emotion out of your business decision. So when you do get one of those challenging letters or emails or whatever calls or served, right? Cause now they're serving people. It's okay. Let's take and approach it from a business point of view, take the emotion out of it and don't be married to it. So I love that. So I think there's real value there. Um, I've got a, I've got a, I'll be thinking of you every time something like that happens. I'll be like, Ooh, <laughs> what would Matthew do? Matthew saying, Hey, all right. All right. Let's talk about the next challenge um, that I think everyone runs into. But for you, you you said it's a challenge for you, and it is cash flow. And and just so you understand, we have the same issue. We have and, and not bragging, but we have daily payouts from Amazon, so I can take my money every single day. And nobody, they don't hold anything back. Literally, we go negative if we take it, and then you get a refund. We don't. They don't hold anything back on us because we have an old account. However, that's an advantage. But it's the same disadvantage because you just never enough, right? Yeah. So since you acknowledge this as a challenge, how are you approaching it? I think there's some value in, in that. Um, I, I struggle. I struggle with it all the time. And um, I, uh, I, it's not perfect. Like I talk to people all the time and they assume just because you – put up a big number you have this problem figured out and i don't i honestly do not my my only um advice or or path forward is following profit first mm. where i'm into know, it too i'm sorry i'm into it too so this is really relevant yep i'm doing it too yeah so, so i haven't i haven't implemented it yet because my because okay so what I guess part, the reason to understand that is um, I've kind of fell into the trap and, and I'm completely guilty of – this is what I used to actually say people. I never met a loan I didn't like. Uh-oh. We're getting an because, honest moment here, Matthew. <laughs> because I would actually tell that to people, and it was true for a long time. Because when you're taking a small amount from Amazon, like let's say it's a $20,000 loan at 7% or even – 15%. It's not very hard to take a, a $20,000 loan, spend that right away if you know what you're going to spend it on. Flip it and pay it back and make a profit. Now, even with the interest, you can e still make even a profit. With the even with the interest. Okay. But, but the bigger that number gets, the more complicated the whole thing becomes. Especially when in, in my head, this is how I used to analyze it. Okay, so I'm taking $20,000. I owe that back in 12 months, right? Well, I am turn. I got to turn right to four, right? And I'm doing 40% ROI, let's just say. So that's 40% times four. So that's 160% that I'm going to make off this money. And I owe 10%. So why would I not want to pocket 150%? People forget that those loans are due back right away. So like one month later, a payment's due. And then a month after that, a payment's due. Or, or God forbid, you got bi-weekly payments because you want to 
sync it with your payment schedule, you end up paying more that way and you have less money of on hand to turn, right? So it's it's a slippery slope that that can easily get you sunk in because the true the true um the true cost of that loan is hidden in the payments. Now if you're holding that money I mean, if I'm, I'm thinking if somebody offers me money and I'm holding the money for a full year, so I'm not paying anything back for a full year. Well, it's not hard to say, okay, I can make more than 10% on this amount in a full year, mm -hmm. right? And pay back the money plus the interest and be profitable. But the problem is, is nobody lets you hold the money for the full year. You have to pay it back right away. So that instantly starts dropping the ability for you to have the capital need to turn it because after month one, you have $2,000 less. So you only have 18,000 that is sitting around to turn. And after four months, right, you now only have 10,000 that's left to turn. Mm -hmm. So you're not really turning the full thing full time, four times. You're barely turning it one and a half times. And, and sometimes those loans require because you're, you know, if all of a sudden I hand you $200,000, you're going to need more people, more manpower to do the things that are required to sell the volume that's required to pay that loan back. And, and once you start adding in all those extra costs, you realize that was never worth it. Mm. And so that's kind of what happened to me. I started out with a few small loans, paid them back easily. And I can see on paper where I did better, where I made money taking that loan. But the problem is, is once you start to get bigger and bigger loans and you have more money than you can spend, you know, so, you, so it's not getting spent and it's sitting in the bank. Well, now it's sitting in the bank and you owe interest on it and it, it's not being put to work. And so it's a very vicious downhill cycle and then well, pretty the soon, reason you went into it you're not taking advantage of is what your point right there was right like yes. you said it's just sitting there oh i'm going to turn it i'm going to turn it well it gets harder to turn the more you're trying to spend and then either you make dumb decisions or you rationalize your decision or you make no decision which is like you just said to hold on to it and then it's not working for you so your I know whole plan so many people who take those loans and do nothing with they, they it literally sits there and they're like well i'm gonna and i'm like you realize you just you're gonna if you do the math on this at the end, which most people don't. Yeah, that most there people is. Do not, yeah, you're gonna find out that this cost you money because mm -hmm. you let it sit there. Like, and 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 then I know some people who buy dumb stuff. I don't want to say dumb stuff, but they they make they make irrational decisions because the money's sitting there, so they buy stuff they wouldn't normally buy. And like to me, when I first started out, I took the money only because there was a buying opportunity that made sense. You had a plan. I had a plan and, and it worked. But the problem is, is as I got really, really big and I, you know, the bigger you get, the more money that flows in and out of your bank account, the more people are willing to offer you mm -hmm. crazy things. And, you know, so what happened to me was, you know, I'd even gotten $60,000 loans from Amazon and paid them all back and I was fine. And granted 60,000 is a, t is a lot to spend, but once you're, once you're kind of doing this full time and you have a whole lot out there, especially when COVID's going on, it was very easy to make money on that because everything was, a lot of things were super profitable. And my MFN operation 
was a machine because you know FBA was shut down that whole time. Right. So right. I was shipping, you know, my first full time year on Amazon, I did uh, 1.2 million dollars merchant fulfilled. So, you know, I was shipping everything myself, and um, so the opportunities were endless. But then, okay, I'm going to pause here, and I'm going to actually delete uh, five minutes and one or four, yeah, five minutes and one seconds from this. Um, this was the advice of somebody else because you know you listen to Matthew, super intelligent, super successful, and I mean he is a machine. Don't let. Um, he'll tell you, don't let his uh, outward appearance throw you. The dude is smart, and he knows how to process, right? He'll say that. However, he's human, and he's made a mistake or two, right? Those right, glass houses cast stones, 100% me too. So I don't think, um, and this was a good counsel that I got from uh, someone close to me, is that it doesn't it won't add to your opinion of him, this, this part of where he admits he made a mistake. It doesn't add a lot of value to the conversation because that will overshadow all the rest. Take away all the rest. Uh, basic thing is he, he took a, a high interest loan and paid it back. Okay. All right. There's more to the story, but it's not valuable to the conversation. The conversation is everything else. So I'm definitely taking it out of here because I don't want you to, I don't want it to cloud your opinion or cloud your judgment. Um, you know, you are not one piece of your life. You are the sum of every piece, of every step, of every second, of every word. How many words would you love to take back? Well, if I judge you on that one word or that one sentence, um, that's that's not good. So anyway, I'm taking it out. Um, it's my call. It's my podcast. And I agree that it doesn't add value. Um, probably makes him feel better. But realistically, I don't want to cloud the judgment. Super smart, super intelligent. I love this conversation. So much value here. Um, please take it to heart. Please take it to heart. Super smart guy. All right. And then I'm going to jump us back in. All right. Hold on. Uh, died has not it, served you well that's always dave ramsey would say how's that working for you right so no, you acknowledge it i you know what i'm not judging you because you know i have rash i have a i tell this and i don't think you were in my warehouse but you see a lot of my rationalization sitting on my shelves where I, you know look at this man i'm getting this deal this is going to be incredible and then you sell 12 and then the other 98 of them sit on the shelf right and but you bought it and now i'm paying for it over time you know so i'm not judging you i'm sitting on the other side of it saying hey um i am going to start talking about profit first more and more it's funny i met him we were at a podcast thing and i'm sitting next to a mutual friend introduced me i didn't even know who he was i'm like i never heard of it you know we get talking he's like ah steve sometime you want to take a look at it and uh dan wentworth who got craig Soderall who got Dan going, who Dan has got me going, um, and I'm working on it. This year, 2022, we actually opened up all the accounts they recommend, and we actually started funding them, and so um, it'll be an interest. And we aren't borrowing money, so for us, it's really tightens down the cash flow. We're going to have the same issue you're going to have. Opportunity is going to come, and I'm not going to have the money to buy it. But at this point, you know, We've been doing this for so long, I want to have the benefit. Instead of waiting for the benefit in the future, I'm taking the benefit now. So... Uh, I appreciate your honesty because that is definitely hard. Um, the fact that you were so honest and that was a struggle and it's still a struggle, but you've got a plan to work through it. I don't want to downplay it because it's serious and, but you know it, but I want to, yeah. I want to end on a positive and what, what you tell me 
is the reason of your success. Now, we've talked about a bunch of different things and a bunch of stuff that's working and some that's not working, right? You've been honest. You're really honest. But the one thing that you've mentioned in many of my questions and my pre-questions were really was you opening up to others and networking. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that? Because I just think that if there's light at the end of the tunnel, because this conversation is probably hard for you, but I bet you've had this conversations with those you're close to a bunch of times and it's shaped where you're going. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So go ahead. Talk about that. Give me a few minutes on that of what it's done for you, how hard it was to do, but what it's done for you and what's really come to vision for you. Yeah. So, so as I said earlier, you know, it's, it's completely against my inclination not both because of a learned uh, behavior from seeing other people doing it when I first started and how, how guarded a lot of the Amazon community is. And also, um, you know, personally, I am a kind of person that um, I can be pretty outgoing if you know me. But if you don't know me, I am very reserved. There's like a wall. I don't, yes, I, I'm not the kind of person that I mean, thank God this is all happening online because if it, because if I had to go in, up and talk to somebody I didn't know in person, probably wouldn't do it mm. because I am a, I'm not that kind of a person. I, you know, it, which seems completely contradictory because if you know me, I'm probably one of the loudest people in the room. But yeah, if you're you bubbly me, and outgoing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the opposite. So, so, um, yeah, I got told. Uh, you know, by Alan Walker, he, he's like, hey, you need to get out there more because that's that's going to make the biggest difference in your business. Because I was asking him about Q4 strategies, and I'm thinking we're going to talk about, you know, sourcing or, you know. He's going to give you the secrets. This yeah, is it. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's like, he's like, well, let me ask you, how many groups are you in? And I'm like, groups? You mean like Facebook groups? He goes, no, no. How many like small groups? Like three, five sellers. And I'm like, zero. And he's like, you got to get yourself out there more because that's going to make the biggest difference in your Q4 and in your selling opportunity. And I didn't believe him. I, I thought to myself, this is nonsense. Like, how's a small group of people going to tell me anything different than a massive, you know, a, a community or forum with 500 members or 1,000 members or 20,000 members? And But I trusted him. So I did it. And I started – I just started messaging people on Facebook and just saying, hey, how's your day? How's your quarter been? What's going on with you? And, and through small interactions with probably 40 different sellers, it kind of led me into um, a few different small groups. And, you know, some of them, like, you know, we talk about Amazon and we play a lot of video games, right? <laughs> Others, we have weekly meetings and talk about Amazon. But what it's done for me is it's made a, a, an amazing difference in my business and my ability to um, handle things and talk about things because, you know, I've always said, even as a manager, I said, you know, look, I don't want to hire anyone who's got a bunch of preconceived notions of how to do this job because they come, that comes with a lot of bad habits. I've always told people, give me a handful of smart people who can think well and we can do anything. And, and that's kind of what I'm finding out in these small groups. You know, I'm talking to these guys. They're smart. They're, they're, you know, but they're no smarter than you. Yeah, not always, but, 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 um, you know, they don't have to be, they don't have to be smarter than me. They don't have to have more experience than me. They just have to have a different perspective than me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I have to be smart enough 
and open enough to realize or to consider their perspective and give it value, right? So like, we'll be talking about a problem and somebody will say something and it's like, wait a minute, Whoa. you know, I can see what you're saying here, but what if we took this part and this part, you know, and, and you're able to talk through problems that you have, like challenges your business faces, um, obstacles you're trying to overcome, how to successfully utilize internet tools that all of us know and love and say, and, and then next thing you know, you know, I went from being like, okay, I don't know how to use Keepa or what should I tell people about Keepa or maybe, maybe Keepa doesn't really matter to knowing how to use it probably better than anybody I know, because I've talked to enough people and I've picked up enough things and I refined my talents and, 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 uh, abilities. And it's like, okay, this person showed me how to do this. And this person showed me how to do that. And I've showed everybody a little bit of stuff. And then, and then next thing you know, I've taken things that I would never consider as a resource and a tool and figured out that, man, if I just apply this in this way, right, then my outcome is going to be drastically different. And then, and then, and I think it like it's like nudge by nudge by nudge this gets this process gets better this thing gets better this step gets better and then pretty soon you're looking around and you're talking to a typical seller and you're like oh man here's what you need to do you need to do things this way and what i'm telling them isn't stuff that i've invented that i've invented it's it's a culmination of 20 different people's processes that i picked and choose the parts I liked. And I, and so I, I pass it on to the seller and the seller's like, Oh, wow, this is revolu This is completely changed what I'm doing and made it so much better. And, and, you know, and then you start to realize that, man, I'm, I'm actually, this is, and the only thing I'm doing differently is talking to people. It's not like I'm learning stuff off of YouTube or anything else. I'm just talking to people and collaborating, brainstorming. And, and it's, it's just amazing to me about how much that's made a difference. And I, I can't, I, I just couldn't even fathom that that was possible to begin with. And I can't successfully convey to you now truly how, how radically it's altered my business. You know, mm -hmm. to me, it and COVID are the two things that's dramatically changed everything I've done. Well, I think, you know, I am going to end it. But I do want to say this, is that I think COVID isn't going away. You know, it's COVID today. It's going to be something else tomorrow. I think there are lessons there. I think your preparation and your ability to take advantage of the marketplace when COVID hit is phenomenal. But you prepared, like you said, for five years, right? Five years, you ground, grind, no, I can't even say that word. You had to grind it out. And then you yeah. were in a position that magically, boom, we're ready. Well, You've spent five years, your overnight success, five years in making, right? That's correct. And then pushing past that comfort zone and asking for help, not even really asking for help, being open to, to allow that knowledge to come to you and acknowledging that you don't know it all, to me, is another gift um, that I just hope more people take advantage of this conversation to sit back and say, hmm, you know what? I'm going to open myself up and, and be real genuine um because listen to matthew's story he's real and genuine he's very honest with what's going on in his life and 
yet now you're helping others. That's got to be the most rewarding part, isn't it? When you get when you see the lights go on in their eyes when you were just describing that teaching somebody keeper or something like that. Is that like sparkle? I mean, that, it is. It's got to be incredible. It it is, and it's it's very. I mean, it's self rewarding, and it's you know you don't get anything for it like monetarily, physically, but but emotionally, you know, mm. mentally, it's it's feels good to know that here's this person and and they were just like me they were just like me they're going into stores not sure what they're doing or they're struggling with this issue or that issue the same way i struggled way back when and now i've kind of lifted a little bit of a burden not by doing it for them but by explaining to them how to refine their process in a way teaching a man revolutionizes it yeah and it it feels it's amazing. It feels great. And it's good for me. And it's, of course, they're always more than, you know, they think I've like performed a miracle. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're no, like the uh, the apostle. No, you know what? This is the secrets to the kingdom. It's hard work over time. Consistent, persistence. Um, I just love it. All right, Matthew, if somebody wants to reach out to you, is okay if I put your uh, Facebook messenger sure, name out absolutely. there? So, um, okay. So I just want to say, you know, again, what a great way to kick off this season for me um, with an inspiring story like your, you don't have it all figured out, Matthew, but you've got a plan. You've been able to push past things and you're going to inspire others to do the same. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but success. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.